The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch for reviewing of our show homes a brochure or for more information let brb homes take the stress out of your build check out brbhomes.ie hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast and it's a special edition all about our trip to Cologne thanks to Ireland West Airport. It is the end of the big news coming soon season two. And I just want to firstly say a huge thank you to Port West for sponsoring season two. Uh, it wouldn't have been possible without them. I had some fantastic guests on and I got to travel the country and interview some very, very interesting people. And we couldn't do it without the help of Port West. So if you're looking for any outdoor leisure activity, leisure wear, a sup board, get on to the outdoorshop.ie. But in some positive news, I'm delighted to have my podcast Wingman back. Mr. Kieran O'Malley, come on down. It's great to be back. This is bringing back a lot of memories. Back to my cold sitting room. I know, but it, we're in the summer, so it's okay. And I it, had the heat on for four hours. It's mad to think. It feels like so long ago, and not that long ago, that we finished our series. What I find really interesting is people coming up to you talking about something that you spoke about in maybe episode two that you've completely forgotten about. Big time. And there's still new people listening all the time, which is absolutely lovely. So you get these messages out of the blue like that. Yeah. It's gas. The slippers. The slippers was, <laughs> was probably the highlight. And the mink. Yeah. Fighting off minks with sticks. But uh, no, it's great to have you back. And hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, all going well, we will have another season together in the coming weeks. The reason you didn't join me on season two is just, 
like your summer was crazy, wasn't it? It was insane now. It was fun, but so, so much going on. But honestly, listen to all the episodes. It was absolutely brilliant. I loved the, the style of it, like Tara after blown away. But all the episodes are really good. So, um, no, looking forward to season two now. We're going to have a bit of crack with that as well. Or season three. <laughs> season two of Alan and Kieran. Yeah. So tell us about your summer. You've been really busy. Um, first of all, you were one of the judges at the Galway races, which is one of the most prestigious fashion events of the summer. That was an awful lot of fun. So through work, the Connacht Hospitality Group were sponsoring Ladies' Day this year. So everyone knows I love the Galway races anyways. Stop, um, stop, stop. Let's, let's just wind this back. What's your job? PR and digital marketing. Of the Connacht, Connacht Hospitality Group. Okay, Galway. so that's how you got involved. Yes. Right. So I got a phone call from my boss one day and they were like, Go Race has got in touch. They're talking about us sponsoring Ladies' Day. What do you think? Would you think it's a good idea? And I'm like trying to play it cool going, I suppose we could get a bit of engagement <laughs> online and stuff like that. So yeah, probably. And all this. And they're like, we and know what you think already. We just said we'd let you know. For people that don't know Kieran O'Malley, like this was like all your dreams coming true. You got to work at the Galway races and still be paid. The only thing <laughs> that could come close is being in the Mayo squad in the Windy All-Ireland. Like, it was unbelievable. And, and Santa walking down to the stand <laughs> with the Sam Maguire and handing it to you. Possibly a close second. Oh my God, it was just... But such a week. So much fun. Because it's always... It's just go crack. But, like, there was a huge build-up to it. I was judging with Mandy Maher and Jennifer in two legends. But, like, it's, it's some operation. You do not realise all that goes into it. And I just loved every minute of it. Like, it was, it was some crack. It was some experience. I don't know. Like, we, we have to really exaggerate how much you love the Galway races. Like, everyone that knows you knows that no one, I don't know anyone that gets as excited about them as you do. Sure you don't. Like, you, you the build-up goes on for weeks with you. I remember months and months ago, you walked into a clothes shop, and I was like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just looking at a suit for the Galway race. And I was thinking to myself, that's eight months away, man. Well, first of all, you do need to be prepared. But like, I suppose when you're working in Galway and in hospitality in Galway, like the Arts Festival is amazing. The Film Flower is amazing. But it kind of all builds up and it's a crescendo at the Galway races. One of my closest friends and one of the people that like I love the most in this world is Sinead Cassidy, who's the marketing manager of the Galway races. So like we'd have a good relationship. So I'd know what's going on there all of the time. We sponsored the big race on the Monday. So a lot of the summer in Galway is, are you all set for the races? Are you going racing? All this kind of stuff. So everyone is kind of focused on it. But for me... In terms of marketing and just in terms of my job, it's so much fun. We're planning it for ages and all the pubs and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's just, I suppose, years and years ago, when I was a barman, it was a week I dreaded. And now, to be involved in the way that I'm involved, like I was being interviewed by TG Carr, RT News, Horse Race in Ireland, all this kind of stuff. It's absolutely surreal. Newspapers are ringing you. What are you wearing on Ladies' Day? Like, it's mad to me. Like, especially, you know, years and years ago, things weren't so good for me. And, uh, like, you know, I struggled to afford blazers for Ladies' Day. Whereas now, like that, eight months in advance, I'm looking what would be good for the Monday. You know, outfit planning. The notepad that I have here for this now is actually the notepad I had scheduling out all the outfits for the week and what I was going to be wearing and all that kind of stuff. You wrote them down. Oh, you have to know what you're wearing and plan it out. It's just... Wow. It's the, it's, I don't know, I think it's a privilege. It's you wrote down your outfits and planned them out for the week. You have to. 
I find that absolutely insane, man. Just to know what you're wearing to make sure that they're clean. I'm going to have a shower when you leave now and I'm not sure what I'm going to wear after because I'm not long out of bed. Uh, so for people that don't know, I uh, just came back from Portugal last night and Kieran demanded we record this first thing this morning. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit groggy here now and I'm peeling. Skin all over myself here at the minute. You're absolutely <laughs> glowing, Alan. You look so but relaxed and I'm, refreshed. And the thought of oh, what'll I wear today? I haven't a clue. I'll wear whatever is clean. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. But like, it's a week. The, yeah. You know, it's a work week as well. Okay. There's corporate events all week and stuff like that. To me, it's just a celebration. But I feel really privileged to be in the position I'm in, and I enjoy it. I get to meet so many lovely people. Can I ask? You, crack. Did you? Um, did anyone else wear what you were wearing on the same day? Did you spot your outfit? Not on the same day as me. No. Oh, so there was someone another day. Yes, but who? I had worn it first. Were they famous? Uh, more famous than me, yeah. Who are, Who was it? Damien Comer, the go way forward. Right? Yeah, he was wearing the same suit I was wearing on the Monday, on the Wednesday. Oh, sucks to be Damien Comer. <laughs> huh? Awkward moment, yeah, Damo. He, he filled it out a lot better than I did, to be <laughs> fair to him. He's a unit. So, And also, velvet blazer on a roasting hot day, not the greatest call I've ever made either. Probably not. No. <laughs> but you, you, you did look the part now, to be fair. And, uh, and I said it to your face on the day. I was really impressed by you because... You know, when you're doing this job and you're on Instagram, people will say to you, oh, you'd be well able for that. Or you, would you do this? And then I'd be asked to do certain things. As you know, I'd be asked to MC an event or whatever. And I'd say, ah, no, no, I, I'm not going to do that. And you'd say, well, why wouldn't you do it? I just, I'm just, I just don't really want to do it. But what I found really impressive about you was someone would just pull you there and say, here, microphone, camera, go. What's the goal of race like? And you were ready to go on the spot like that. That's very impressive. Very, very impressive. But I wouldn't think of it that way. Like, to me, this has been our focus for, for months at work. And I was really focused on getting the, getting, you know, the Connacht Hospitality Group out there. Because, like, everyone would see, oh, Kieran loves the races. And now he's working there. Like, this is a great jolly for him. I wanted to maximize it from a work point of view. So we did these, you know, media watch, media reports and all this kind of stuff. And our potential reach for that week, for all the newspapers and online and offline stuff that we were mentioned in, when you take in their readers and their potential reach, the Connacht Hospitality Group, potential reach that week was 1.89 billion people. Now, I don't think 1.89 billion people did hear about the Connacht Hotel or on Pucon or Hyde that week, but that's the potential reach. So even if like half of them hear about it and come in, you know, it's been a good <laughs> week. <laughs> They're lucky to have you. Is that what you're saying? No, Is that what you're saying? I'm saying you can get stats <laughs> to prove anything and to make anyone look good. <laughs> All right. Brilliant. So, um... What's the what's the next goal then, or what's what's is it Christmas parties or what? They're fairly full already, are they? Yeah, I was. What day is it? The third of September. Wow. Yeah, I was working in the office the other day where I had to take phone calls. Sun is beating in the window, and there's people. Sorry, the the way you said that there, you said I was working in the office the other day. It made it sound like you had to do one day's work there. Did you have to do a day's work there a little while ago? I, I don't want to get into it, but yeah. I thought you looked a bit shook today I know, now. right? It was Wednesday and, and I'm not right from it yet. And how did that go? Not good. Do you want to talk about no, it? No, I have a counsellor to oh, meet Well, that's this. good. I hope, yeah. I hope you're thrashing things Well, I'm out. taking two weeks off as well now, so I'm going to Lanzarote for a fortnight. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it trigger you? <laughs> did, did that day's oh, work just wore me out? Trigger you? Oh, stop! So the Christmas parties are full. 
Well, not, almost, but... Was it a big boost for the business? Now, this has turned out to be a flipping huge ad yeah, for the Connacht Task Strategy Group, so I'll be invoicing them afterwards, needless to say. And, uh, but... <laughs> Knock it off what we ter- give you for, in rooms. Um, Excuse <laughs> me, I've paid for more rooms than I got for free in that place. Probably. How dare you? Uh, I know, we'll come to some arrangement. But yeah, no, anyways, it was... I want to ask a, an interesting question, because I'm interested in the marketing side of things. Did it give your social media platforms a, a good lift? Yes, all of them grew. Well, you have to say that, but did they grow as much as you wanted them to grow, or did you have a goal? No, we didn't have a specific goal, but I mean, at the end of the day, social media and engagement is one part of it. You know, actually filling the rooms and having the pubs. So, like, our pubs are all ahead of our target for that week. So it was a good week. And I suppose the followers you're getting are all very natural and organic, and they'll stay, rather than getting a load of kind of spontaneous followers who'll unfollow you again in a few weeks that's it you do competitions and you get a lot but you lose a lot yeah whereas with these kind of people it just you know basically the thursday night the crowd that was in height it was a lovely crowd it was a racist crowd i think that was predominantly down to our social media they were racist races oh a racist crowd i was gonna say who wants a gang of racists <laughs> racists in their pub <laughs> wow <laughs> so it was worth sponsoring the event Oh, definitely. It's it's such an iconic part of Galway. Okay, great. No more Galway talk. And if you mention Connacht Hospitality Group <laughs> one more time, I'm going to charge you €100 Euro per mention for the rest of this podcast. That's amazing value on this wonderful podcast, which has so many listeners. So I'm Over 15,000 a week, I'll have you know. Unbelievable. That's pretty good. And it's I sensational. I didn't realise that until I was talking to somebody in RTE a couple of weeks ago. Oh, did you meet people in RT? I did, yeah. I don't, you know, I met people. I know people in RT, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a big deal. Um, and they were sharing some some statistics on other shows and other podcasts and things like that. And it blew my mind. No, in fairness it's to huge. you, credit where it's due. Um, so, yeah, 100 euros per mention from here on in. We went to Cologne. We oh. did indeed. Ireland West Airport sent us to Cologne. What a trip. Uh, what? How lucky are we that get sent there? It's class. Yeah, it's, it was pretty insane. I think we were landing in Cologne and I turned to you and I said, this is pretty, this yeah. is pretty mega that yeah. we're getting to go out here, explore Cologne for two or three days and come home. And what I love about Ireland West Airport is they don't necessarily give you a brief. Like you could do yeah. a gig with a drinks company and they'd say, you have to say X, Y and Z and you have to do it here and you have to do that. They say, hey lads, go and have the crack. Yeah. Experience it. And... I think we try and get in. In one way, it's a good thing that you're allowed to go and do whatever you want. But in another way, don't you push yourself even harder because you want to do as many things and you're nearly trying to do everything. I was genuinely exhausted when we oh, came back. I we covered some mileage. Was it si- 16 kilometers a day? Yeah, that's we were, we're doing. walking. Yeah. Now, look, it is a wonderful opportunity. And you're right. You, you want to give back and you want to show, listen, we're not over here on the beer for the for the weekend to Egypt. So we wanted to make, you know, and give, show people what Cologne has to offer because I was blown away by it. Yeah. I was shocked how good it was. We didn't go mad at night time now, but I think that was just because we were so wrecked. Yeah. Like we were, we were exhausted. So we landed in, in Cologne Airport and the reason I wouldn't go on so many city breaks is I'd be intimidated when you get there as to how to get to your destination and you hear these horror stories about taxis ripping people off and blah, blah, blah. So, I genuinely wouldn't have been on a lot of city breaks, but from being in Milan and being in Cologne, it's something I'd love to do more of. And the thing that blew me away in the airport was the train station. It's under the airport. 
It's unbelievable. So now, look, it's we, common sense in another way, absolutely. but it was class. Two Irish lads, we went through the airport, out through the door, out onto the front, and we were like, right, where's the train? <laughs> and everyone was like, the train? Yeah. And us out the front of the airport, they're like, uh, you have to go downstairs to the train? And we're like, all right, yeah, sound. So we had to go back into the airport and then down two flights of stairs. And here was the train station. There was like four different platforms. Um, now, it did take a bit of working out as to which... Uh, platform we needed to go to and get off from which we didn't perfect yeah i hold my hands up there we went down the stairs and we looked for the platform that said clone hbf which was the central station and we got off at the central station because our flight was delayed actually by four or five hours uh that night and we got in quite late but we should have got off at the next stop which yes. was uh freedom platz and that would have been literally at the front door of <laughs> yeah. our hotel. So if you're if you're there during the day, we got off at Central Station because we were we were really hungry, and it was late at night. And we had messaged somebody that was out there already, and they said nothing was open. So when we got off at Central Station, we knew there was a twenty four hour shop, and there was a little pizza place there. So we got off at Central Station and walked to our hotel. It was about a ten minute walk. Moral of the story is: if you're staying in the Lindner City uh, Plaza. Keep going, stay on the train and get off at Friesenplatz. It's basically at the front door of the hotel. But that shop was something else, that whole kind of complex. And then you come out the door of the central station and you have this incredible cathedral in front of you. So it was kind of cool to see, but I don't think we really appreciated it at half two in the morning (laughs) when we had a 15 minute walk ahead of us. No, Um, it's some planning, isn't it? Like, it's very impressive that they would plan a train station right in front of the cathedral. Because I think if it was Ireland, we wouldn't get planning for it. No. We'd say, you can't put a train station in front of the cathedral. You'd have to put it four miles out there and then worry about how to get into town then because it'll take away from the cathedral. But this is it because everything, they're like, right, this is the centre of the city. This is the focal point. This is what we're famous for. Let's get everyone in here. And what is it? Like twelve or 1,500 trains a day go through there. Like it's an incredible, such a smart city. When, it's when, so well laid out. When you come out the front door of the central station, you could throw a stone at the cathedral. Yeah. I mean that. Or, yeah, you less could throw a stone and hit the cathedral. Meters, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was impressive. We got to our hotel, the Lindner City Hotel, and that was lovely. The staff were lovely. It was, it, do you know what? That hotel was more than lovely. Oh, it was really good. It was slick now. It Bar, was. Didn't, like the food in the mornings, very, very good. Staff, even their pets, very friendly. Yeah. No, because I uh, have worked in hospitality and I've studied hotel management, so I would appreciate a lot of nice things in a hotel. And you obviously work in hotels. The one thing I liked the most was that the the highlight of the hotel for me was the mini bar because the prices were normal prices. Yes. There was a bottle of water in the fridge and it was two euros. And there was a bottle of water in the shop and it was two euros. And the bars were like 150 or something. Yeah, and there was a tin of Pringles. Yeah. And I can't remember how many, how much they were, but I remember them being cheaper than the flight. Yes. The Pringles in the minibar were cheaper. And that really impressed me that there's a minibar there and everything in it is just a normal price. And, and it's very smart. Because you'll actually use it then. You'll, Normally you're afraid you'll bankrupt your family and your grandkids. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, oh yeah, I need that water because my room was rather warm, let's be honest. Yeah. And it was absolutely class. It was just common sense. And the bottle of beer was cheaper than the bottle of water. Yeah. I yeah, I can't yeah. remember the exact price, but that was impressive. Remember, the, you could buy beer when we came off. Went to that uh, the twenty-four shop. hour shop. Yeah, you could buy beer all hours of the night, and we were like, "Oh, it's after ten. I won't bother getting <laughs> yeah. that now." We were like, "It's half two. He won't sell me a bottle yeah. of beer." Your man was like, "We sell beer all day." That was one thing I found <laughs> really interesting. Everyone is just walking along, sipping a bottle of beer on the street. 
Yeah. We only saw like two drunk people really over there. Locals. I don't remember them. The couple when you were getting the Nutella. The couple when I was getting the Nutella. The Nutella wrap. Oh, yes. Yeah. They, uh, your man wouldn't serve them. Yes. Yeah. That but apart from that, everyone else was just like drinking in moderation. The tiny glasses, which we'll get to, um, apart from that boat thing. Everyone else was just walking along, sipping their bottles, really... If you like it's normal. If you've been to Castlebar or Clear Lake in Westport or Loch Lana and you'd go around and you'd meet your friend and you might carry a coffee, they would yeah. walk along and, beer. and just catch up and have a beer, which was lovely. Uh, drink in moderation, drink responsibly. Don't be drinking beer, walking around Loch Lana during the day. Um, where did I want to go from there? The hotel. Oh, the highlight of the hotel was the fridge. The low light of the hotel for me. Flipping hell. Four walls of mirror in oh. the bathroom. Yeah. That, hey. <laughs> that did there was, nothing for my self-esteem. There was myrrh everywhere. And the they and had one of these, what do you call those showers? Um, oh, like yeah. Like an Amazon shower. Mist. Like, you know those rain showers? Yes. There's, there's a name for them. I can't think of them because I only have the old Myra. Yeah. The old Myra electric shower here in my house. But there's a name for those fancy rain showers. And the, even looking up at that, you were looking down at your body. That was, that was yeah. myrrh. There was no getting away from yourself. No. In that bath. And I just... Anytime I went into the shower, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was turned into the wall. It was so <laughs> depressing. As soon as I came back, I'm like, I'm hitting a diet. I've been training nearly every day since. I went down to breakfast and I said to you, I was curled up in a ball, showering myself, hiding, <laughs> yeah. hiding from all the mirrors in the bathroom, trying to wash myself down in a corner. And I was dogging into spring rolls for breakfast. <laughs> But the hotel was lovely. I'd recommend the Lindner City Hotel Plaza. And just to mention, we got that for free. The whole trip was for free as well, just in case anyone is telling us this is one big ad. We're just going to say it as it is. Oh, yeah. If something was shite, we're going to say it was shite. Um, The first stop was the Chocolate Museum. So when in Cologne, you know, you have to submerse yourself in Cologne traditions. Absolutely. And the heritage of yeah, Cologne culture. in Germany. One of the most historic cities in Europe. So the first thing we uh, did was go to a Swiss chocolate factory. Yep. <laughs> As you do. Um, very good. I enjoyed that. You enjoyed it more than I did. Oh. I just thought it was a lot of history more than chocolate. I was hoping to eat chocolate. And I thought, yeah. And I'm the chocolate lover. I know, right? And you're the cultured one. I th- yeah, that's interesting now. Yeah. Did you like the garden? Yes. The garden blew me away. Yeah, so in the middle of the factory, you get to walk in through a greenhouse. And it's double doors. It's like going into the bank. The one, one door doesn't open until the other one closes behind you because they have to keep the temperature. And it's a tropical garden. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's really impressive. And you get to see all the, the different plants that are growing and that they use in the chocolate and things like that. No, it was really interesting that you could literally... Walk around this factory where they are actually making chocolate. Yeah. And they're working. They're doing their normal day's work. And you have these tourists, thousands of tourists, milling around all day. That was interesting. Now. That blew my mind. And it was all glass. So they're working in a room and four walls of glass. And you get to see them whisking up the chocolate, pouring it into molds. They were weighing in it, shaving it off. I thought it was just like walking through Willy Wonka's chocolate factory without the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> well, even though I felt like the Oompa Loompa <laughs> after having a shower that morning in front of the four mirrors. But I enjoyed that. And then when you go through, you can see the little machines. There's a little machine and it picks up the bar and it slices it and then it drops it out. And you get to pick up one of the 
you get to pick up one square of yes. chocolate and there's three or four little sections like that. So it's a real treat for kids. Yes, and it is to see the history. The history part upstairs, I, I thought was really good. Now that you say it, there was a lot of reading. Yes. Yeah, there's an insane amount of reading. But I suppose it makes sense too. Yeah. Like, I think the Guinness Storehouse wouldn't be, you know, there'd be a lot of educational stuff. Yeah. But, you know, the, the whole point of it is to tell you about the history of chocolate. So I suppose I don't know what I was expecting. There's a big massive chocolate fountain down at the end then and there's ladies there and they're just dipping wafers, wafer fingers into the chocolate fountain and then handing them out. So that was a nice treat as well. Then you can get your own personalised bar of chocolate. And there's a cafe and a restaurant and toilets and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, so it was lovely. Yep, that was interesting. And right outside that, then there was the big wheel. Huge big wheel. Yes. Which Similar to the one that does be in Galway for the Christmas markets. Exactly. Yeah. And I wasn't overly keen on getting into it, but you said, look, it'll be good for the gram. We need to do it, get the content. So I sat into it. We had tickets for it, and I uh, we got a message or something that morning saying that they had added it on. I remember we weren't too bothered about it, but we got a message or something saying that they had added it on, so we went over them. It's literally at the front door of the chocolate museum, and it was good for the gram. <laughs> and I was the one getting us into it. But the second I got into it, I almost started regretting it. So I absolutely didn't want to go into it. It started moving, and I was like holding on for dear you life. You were. You were. You were white. And then, like a quarter of the way up, it stopped. And fairly abruptly. Now, you have convinced me, you know, this is solid, it won't shake and all this kind of stuff. But you were right. Mm. But once it stopped to let other people on down below, I was losing it. I was freaked. And I was looking across at you and your picture tranquility and you were like, don't look down, just relax. And you did. You brought me from the edge. You really calmed me down. And, you know, once it went on a second or third rotation, it was fine. And it was. I was so glad we did it and it was cool. When we stood at the front door of it, I was saying to you, it's not like one of those cheapy, cheapy big wheels that spins around and swings around. There was no real movement in the cabin. So I was getting you to look at the cabin and I said, look at the cabin. It's steady as a rock. This is a big, proper big wheel. You're not going to feel scared in it. The second it stopped, Karen, I was (laughs) shitting my pants. But you calmed me down. Because you you were so nervous. (laughs) There was no point in me being nervous. I was surprised at how nervous you were. You oh, were you were holding bad. on to the two doors and you were losing your life. Yeah. You were, you and that's the, that's the most nervous I've seen you. That's the most nervous I've been around you. And even the uh, next day to get on the other yoke uh, that we'll get to. I was so nervous when it's it did like you say it did come to a, an abrupt stop to let somebody else on, and then I started panicking. But I was saying to myself, I can't panic because he's going to totally freak then. And I. And I suppose it was it was me that got, talked you into it. Yeah. So I had to pretend I was cool. I'm and cool. it's so I'm cool. irrational too, because only like 13 people had fallen off it that week. <laughs> Shut up. That's, <laughs> that's not true. I know. But uh, yeah, when you think about it, like the two lads down at the bottom are so casual. Like it is such a straightforward, innocuous thing. But you just build it up in your mind and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to be the one person that ever falls off this. Of course you're not. And what's really amazing is after two or three rotations, you had really relaxed into yes. it. I saw you took your phone out then, you started yeah. videoing. Oh, I was afraid to touch anything. I was holding on for dear life onto the sides and then all of a sudden I could start, yeah. And that was only like maybe two rotations. Yes. And you were like almost 100% comfortable in it then. Yeah. And enjoying it. Yes. Because I had a bad experience in the one in Galway. I went in with a friend before and he was climbing around like a monkey. He was literally standing on the seats, running around, ah, taking yeah. pictures from all sides. And that one was shaking. 
So, oh yeah, we were able to do uh, videos and different stuff up there. It was, it was, it was well worth doing. I'm glad we did it because it is such a well laid out city, and you do get a good perspective of it when you're up on that. And you get to see all the churches, the twelve different steeples, and all that around the place. So that was nice. Uh, we came down out of the big wheel, and then we went to time rides. So we got one of these little tuk tuk bicycle yokes. He was good crack. He was good crack, and he had a little horn, and he kept shouting Irlande or something like that, or Ireland, and beeping people off the street. That was 10 euros then over to the other side of the city. Now, we could have walked, but we were late. One thing we'll say is... Yeah. The airplane was a little bit late. Yes. That's Ryanair, they're Irish. The airport were a little bit late getting us in. Yes. Um. So, the and then... The train. The train was, so was a few minutes late. Four or five, yeah. Yeah. But this German efficiency thing. Yeah. Is that made up or what's the story? I'm starting to wonder about it. Standards are slipping. Yeah. Maybe Angela Merkel is gone. So then we know. got to the time ride, um, Cologne 1926, and we were five minutes late. She oh, lost. less. I think less. She lost her mind. Yeah. We were like, hang on now, uh, Gertrude. <laughs> the plane was late. You were late getting us into the airport. The train was late. And now we're four minutes late for you, for you and you're, you're giving us shit. Yeah. Hang on now. And then this man opened the door and he was like, ah, no, your sound lads, come in. Journalists, Irish journalists, come on in. <laughs> Everywhere we went, people were called, we were, we were known as Irish journalists. Yeah. Well, what paper do you write for? Uh, <laughs> we're like, um, I'm, an, I'm an Instagrammer, really. <laughs> we were three or four minutes late for time ride. And what time ride is, you travel back to the golden 20s of Cologne and before the war, and before some of the buildings were bombed, you get to do a lap of the city in a tram, virtually. And I have to say, Karen, this is one of the best activities I've ever done in my life. My mind was blown. It was honestly incredible. I just... So, first of all, we went in and we they built up the story. So, you're standing in a small cinema. You watch the story. They're telling you about 1926. So, essentially, the whole genesis of it is that... It's the third biggest carnival in the world. So you, everyone knows about Rio and New Orleans. But they have this incredible carnival in Cologne also. So the peak, it peaked in 1926. It was supposed to be the most incredible one ever. So we're submerged in this story about a hat maker making a hat for the Chancellor of Cologne or the mayor of the city. And we have to get it to the mayor. So we go in, we see how hats are being made. Your man put a big hat on my head. But... The, Hats back then were huge. Oh yes, it was the fashion. It was the big. Yeah, if you had a hat, you were you were the bomb. Like. Yes, because they different how to tell about your social status, and there was all different styles. So they made a hat in front of us and put it on my head, and it, then it was so funny. It hey. was. <laughs> we were in this room, and there was a guy making a hat, and it was. And you're only in a ten or fifteen minutes, and it's all very quick, which I like. Yeah, because you you. You lose interest if you're in it any longer than that. So he steams a bit of wool and he shapes the hat. And the whole time he was talking, he was looking at Kieran. <laughs> and I said, I turned to Kieran and I said, he's coming for you. And before I had the words out of my mouth, you said, yep. <laughs> you knew it. I uh, knew yeah. it. And the second he had the hat ready to go, he goes, hmm, who will I get to try on this hat? And he politely just kind of looked at everyone in the room. And then he goes, you, sir, after staring out of it for 10 minutes. With the biggest head in the room, I'll throw this on you. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. You had to walk up then and model the hat. But you were loving life. But then we went on to the tram and we got set, sent, or given our VR headsets. Honest to God, it was so well done. So no matter where you looked, if you looked up, down, left, right... 
it was like you were in the front seat of this tram, literally going around. I was equating it to the um, the Polar Express, that cartoon. It's that kind of level of, of drawing, and you can see the people. So there was different people having conversations, having arguments. Uh, there was famous people of the day. They were saying, oh, that's the actress, such a one, or that's the, you know, different uh, shopkeeper or whatever yeah but it was just and like some of the streets are similar obviously a lot of cologne got destroyed in world war Two, but it was unbelievable the way that you were submerged in this and you were comparing it to polar express i was comparing it to like a uh, grand theft auto yeah the, the playstation game <laughs> only, only without the uh without all the the all violence the violence like you say you step on you step onto a real tram Yes. You step up onto a real tram, you put on the headset, if you weren't watching our Instagram, and it's a 360 degrees experience. If you look left, you see something. You can look behind you and look out the back of yeah. the tram. You can stick your head out the tram and look up, look up into the sky. Yeah. And you're standing right behind the driver. And he turns around even talking to you every now and again. And yeah. he said, oh, look, at there's Mary. How are you, Mary? And she talks about, how are you doing, John? Whatever their names were. And it, it's the realest thing. Just, I just think any city could replicate that about a historical event. Yeah. Now, I know there's a lot we'll go into it. Huge. But that would money. be for education, for. Oh, I just think it's such a clever idea. Yeah. Was there a little bit of vibration in it as well? Like, and a little bit of like. I kept kicking the back of your seat. I felt like there was a little bit of vibration and an airflow as well. So. It was, that was the highlight for me. That yep, was the highlight same. of the trip. The two of us came out buzzing out of it. It's such a, oh, I'd, anyone that's going to Cologne, I'd recommend them go to that. It was exactly like being teleported back to 1926. It's called Time Ride, uh, Cologne, 1926. And I think it was about 15, 20 euros ahead. Something like that, but it's the best 20 euros you'll spend when you're in Cologne. We went for lunch then to a brew house. They sent us to a traditional brew house. The two Irish journalists then went to a place called Fr-Am Dom. Did I do good? Your German pronunciation is stunning. Yeah, I doubt you. I doubt that. If there's any listening to this now, they'll be laughing their holes off. Fr-Am Dom. So we went into this place, and I believe it was one of the first traditional brew houses in Cologne. Uh, we were sat at the front door until our tour guide arrived and brought us on a tour of the whole place. And it fits 1,500 people for food. Not one television in the place. It's a bar. You walk into a bar and you just imagine a bar that keeps going on and on and down and down, down into these dungeons where they used to do the brewing and yep. now it's just all seats and tables. And the really cool mosaic of the patron saint of beers as well. Oh yeah, your, go- your God. Yeah, it was. It's an unbelievably impressive place, but absolutely <laughs> fascinating as all well, the menu. So they landed down with the menu and I just went, oh, shite. <laughs> And they're looking at us going, here's these Irish journalists now. We have to impress these. What are they going to eat? And I started looking at things going, oh, I really don't want a schnitzel. Like the first thing on the menu was cologne caviar, which is black pudding and onions. Because I looked at the cologne caviar and I went, how is caviar only five euros? How how do they do it so cheap? But it's not actual caviar. They call it their caviar. As in, like, it's the best thing you can have, but it's not actually caviar. Yeah, it's got some kind of joke. There's another joke about a loaf of bread that's like half a half chicken. Half a chicken. 
Yeah. So look, as we said, when in Rome, you know, you need to submerge yourself <laughs> in the local tradition. Look, we're not the most, you know, we wanted to try it. Some of the things on the menu. Um, Read out one or two. Do you have the list there? Yes. So homemade spatzel with cheese, fried onions and mixed salad. Or the pickled herring in cream sauce with apples and onions. Um, remember the lad beside us? He had the fried black pudding with potato, apple, mash and fried onions. So he got a big lump of black pudding and just chewing away at it. And it was like, uh, when you say a big lump now, yeah, this was six inches. Oh, it was a good six inches. He, and and there was a good girth on it as well, wasn't there? <laughs> oh, you'd be proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> for, if you were having it for breakfast, yeah, absolute <gasps> mouthful. It was impressive now. It was impressive. Oh, knuckle pork. Yeah. That was another big thing that I we saw. I saw a few people eating that. Yeah. I, I can't eat meat on bones. No, it was... I have a thing. I don't eat chicken wings. Any kind of meat on a bone, it kind of freaks me out a bit. But I think everyone that was going there was going for the, the local experience. But I found the beer really interesting. The place was packed. Wedged. And everyone was eating. And everyone, Inside and outside. Everyone was clearing their plates. Mm. Uh, I had a traditional salad <laughs> with deep fried cheese. And it was a lot. Oh, it was lovely. It was lovely because I was tired and I was, we'd done a lot of walking. Yeah. And, and it was very warm. I have to say the weather was really hot over I there didn't, too. I couldn't go eating a big plate of meat at one o'clock in the day at that time. Mm. You got a, sa- a pasta thing. Yeah, it was nice. What was that thing you got? I'm looking for it here on the menu. It oh, was on my Instagram. That was the homemade spatzel with cheese. So it was like a pasta, it was like a carbonara type yes, thing. Yes, that's what it felt like, yeah. Yeah. So I was talking to the tour guide afterwards, or the next, stay about the food and I was there like is this what's really popular everywhere in Germany and he goes no Germany is a load of different cultures and traditionals traditions in one country yeah. so he goes what's popular here isn't necessarily popular in different parts of the country and you know often the cult the a lot of the traditions are very different so he said but that's what's really popular around here so it was good for us to experience it because like we went for pizza and burgers and different stuff steak the next days but it was awful important to Try that and yeah. see what the menu was really like. And to look and see what everyone else was eating. It's like when you go to Donegal and they're all drinking football special. Yeah. And we can't even get it here in Mayo. Mad. Never tasted it in my life. Now, one thing I'll say about the, or just a piece of information, they charge for ketchup in most places. I got charged three fifty for mushroom sauce with my steak last night in Portugal. Did you? Three fifty. Yeah. And like well, I, that's what you get for having mushrooms. <laughs> I don't mind paying for things. But I thought, come on now. Come on. So yeah, they they charge for the ketchup. How much do you know? Was it like a euro or one? 40 cent. Oh, was but, it? But it was 150 in other places. I thought it was 150 on a yeah, menu somewhere else. 40 cent in that place. For ketchup. But the beer, I want to talk about that because I found that really cool. The little 200 milliliter glasses yeah. that they were dropping down so the the barmen were kind of going around with these trays which had little holes in them and that you could drop the glass in so he could be walking around with 12 or 14 glasses of beer and looking at the table and he goes two lads need a top up there so he'd go up to you yeah throw it down so you drop the glass down and he just makes a mark on your beer mat so on my beer mat he had four strokes so that meant we had four different beers so the tour guy told us the next day that they'll keep serving you the beer until you put a beer mat on top of your glass. And then they know you're finished. Then they pick up your beer mat. This is in the traditional brew houses. So they only sell their own one beer. So 
it's easy enough to remember the order. I, even I'd have been able to work as a barman there. But it's just, it was such a good experience to see. Because obviously Germany, you know, its beer is, is iconic and traditional. So it was great to see the way they served it. And I don't know, it was a lovely experience. How, you know, a little sip of beer at lunchtime, no harm. If you're looking for the real traditional experience, it's uh, just around the corner from the cathedral. And it's called... <coughs> We better. Are you okay there? Tiny bit of a cough. And did, would you be able to do a test for me here just uh, before we <laughs> go any further? We're two meters apart. I have oh, had oh, myself oh. tested a number of times, but I have a really annoying cough, and this is the worst time in human history to have a bad cough. What was the name of the place? It was called Fru Amdom. F R U H. Yes. There's probably an umlaut in there somewhere. An umlaut, though. There's any amount of umlauts in there as well. Throw in an old umlaut there for good crack. And uh, F R U umlaut H am dom. If you're looking for the traditional experience, go there. And when you're in there, wander around. They don't mind. No. There was people just wandering around looking at the uh, architecture and the you know down into the the cellars and things like that. So wander around and take it all in. We went for a walking tour then with Franco. Franco was really interesting and he had a little bag of tricks with him as well. So we'd be at a particular building and he might, might pull out a picture of what that building looked like before the war. And then you're there looking at it after the war. And that was that really that was really interesting because you're you're taken back then. You're taken back again to those times. It just shows you what a fascinating place it is. Because the first place he brought us to was a part of a Roman wall, which was, was that over 2,000 years old? The Roman wall is in the car park of the cathedral. So if, if you go down the stairs under the cathedral and they have it all fenced off of the first Roman wall into the city, was it? And it's just there. You can just see it, the foot of it. Yeah. And that's where, and you also get to see the level of where the city was. Yeah, it was way lower than how it originally was. But that so you had the Roman influence and then you've had all the different historical times, the Renaissance, all this kind of stuff. And then you have the you know, so our post war time, how they had to build up so much of the city and now the all the different districts like the Jewish district and all that kind of stuff. So there's so much history. Like that Roman floor in one of the museums. Yeah. That was fascinating. They and found they found a floor that was over 2,000 years old. Fully formed, apart from one tiny little square. And they built a museum over it. <laughs> that is how it's done. That's how it's done. Oh, class. We just get a bit of fence in here. <laughs> stick a fence around it, put an OPW sticker on the front of it and say, there you go now, we'll get Jimmy to mow the lawns here once a month. And uh, They do love their museums over there. Yeah, Most they, buildings had a museum somewhere on them. They they throw the word museum around willy nilly. There was a beer museum that turned out just to be a pub yeah. serving a load of different beers. There's an idea now for Pukon. Jeez, yeah, it's a good shout. Call that the local beer charge in <laughs> beer museum of Galway and charge in. Um, and then Do I, I have to pay for that because you mentioned that one now. I g- no, that's another freebie. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he was there telling us about this two thousand year old floor and I was thinking to myself the most mayo thing ever Cage of fields are older. <laughs> yeah yeah I was brought back to my school tour in sixth class thinking to myself sure we have a wall down in North Mayo that's 5,000 years old and we were brought down there on our school tour to see a wall see that wall there that's 5,000 years old <laughs> wow but it was impressive looking at the floor the detail and the the tiles but the the personal tour 
having a tour guide was brilliant because you're able to ask him questions. It's all right going around listening to someone on the uh, microphone, yeah. but just the two of us able to talk to him about different stuff when you spent half an hour in that shop getting a There's a guided tour. Yeah, <laughs> there's a guided tour at half 12 on a Friday and a Saturday and it's 12 euro per person and that departs from just the front of the cathedral, the tourist office. It couldn't be easier to find. Yeah, and it's, it's all the highlights of Cologne. He takes you around and you submerse yourself in 2000 years of fascinating history, um, rebuilding the city, the right and wrong sides of the river as they call them themselves, and the old markets and the new flagship projects as well. So you get But to he also brought everything. us in for two beers as well. Like, it's a, it's casual enough. Yeah, and I wonder, was it because we were... It was, obviously. It was because we were journalists. He wouldn't let us put our hand in our pocket. Probably, He yeah. wouldn't let us pay for them. That's right. Yeah. We, we tried. We tried, we yeah. did. We it did. was a Father Ted moment. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm paying. <laughs> Polly's eye outside. And what you were trying to get a video of your man pouring the beer as well. So I thought your man was a little bit rude. You know your man that served. I just the don't think he got it. No, it turned out then he was loving the camera. Yeah. So I was kind of a bit nervous asking him, "Do you mind if we get take a video of you walking through with the beers?" And Franco, our tour guide, said, "Ask him." And I was a bit nervous asking him. But then when it came to actually doing it, he stood up, he put his shoulders back, he waited for, the, he waited for me to say action, and he walked through the bar as if his life depended on the next 10 steps and swung the tray around and, and put the beers down in front of somebody and he really came into character then. And Franco explained to us that in these old traditional brew houses, the men serving you are very... Um, traditional and somewhat abrupt but they're there for the crack yeah and like if you went in and asked for a coke he'd nearly say or no water wasn't it he said yeah. if you asked for a water he'd nearly say ha, you're not getting water in here have a beer kind of job like because the other place where you went to the bathroom you asked your man where the bathroom was and he pointed to the river yeah and then when i went in i didn't even ask i knew where it was and he still pointed to the river so it's a it's a very kind of dry uh, and that was another humor. thing their humor was very good everyone was good crack over there and sound they were but it, it's a, it was a strange type of humor for for a second or two you almost had to question yeah are they being funny <laughs> but at all times they were yeah and they were well up for the crack um, so th- I found that I found that interesting so you enjoyed the beer Ah, yeah, it's just good to see different things like that. But again, the two of us are on a similar level. We're not big drinkers. So, you know, when you're sipping at four, half a litre over the day, you know, it's grand. It's not going to... So thanks to Franco and thanks to the uh, local tourist office there for showing us around. And as I said, Friday and Saturday, leaving from the front of the cathedral, just look at the tourist office. It's a big red shop front there. And also the hop-on, hop-off bus is right beside it. And that was, we got the clone card. So I think we got five euros off that with the clone card. Um, It was about 20 euro, wasn't it? Yeah. But it brings you all around the city. Again, you get to hear. It's, I suppose if you have the time, it's a really good thing to do. But also because it's hop-on, hop-off, you can get to close to wherever you're going. I'd say the route was probably... Twice the route of Milan's hop on, hop off. Would you? Did it, you think? It seemed we had only we only had time to do half of it. Oh, I thought Milan was bigger. Did you? Yeah. I see. We had only done like from five to eleven. Yeah. And I felt like. I, f- I think Milan is more spread out. Okay, maybe. Personally, 
Maybe. Because we didn't get near the Sansuro area or a lot of... Okay, okay. And, and don't again, stand up on the hop on, hop off bus because <laughs> you lose your head, honestly. Yep. The bus is just a couple of inches away from, Literally, the, yeah. from the bridge. If you stand and up on the back of that bus, it's game over. And the tra- uh, traffic lights. Yeah. They were literally... The bu- bus was built just to fit under them. <laughs> so that's where the hop on, hop off bus is. And I would recommend a walking tour no matter where you're going in the world. And we've said, we, we said that we regretted not doing a walking tour of Milan. Yeah, because my favourite part was being able to ask him questions. Because one thing we did better over here than we did in Milan was get talking to people and asking questions Yeah, and, and understanding things a bit better. Whereas in Milan, there just wasn't anyone there for us to ask or, you know, and just to get an understanding. Um, I felt so much like I knew so much more about Cologne and what we wanted to do for the rest of the trip after that walking tour. Can I can I get a little free plug in here now? Absolutely. My brother owns a company in Westport called Westport Walking Tours. That's very popular during the summer season. I haven't done that yet, but I'm determined to do it soon. Yeah, daily tours from t- uh, 10 o'clock and 12 o'clock, leaving Westport Town Hall. And they've also added food tours this year every Tuesday and Thursday. So more details on westportwalkingtours.ie. And I probably don't appreciate him and his tours, or I didn't appreciate him and his tours until I did the one in Cologne. And I said to myself... A walking tour is such a really valuable thing to do for the sake of 10 euros. It gives you a great foundation for the rest of your trip. It does. But even the shopping district, like how old it was and, you know, the quality of it and stuff like that. He just, in a conversational way, was able to tell you. Because he got the measure of us within a few seconds and knew what we wanted to talk about and what we wanted to see and just told us in a really interesting way. Yeah, it wasn't boring. I no. I was kind of thinking to myself, oh God. <laughs> yeah, because he said, well, we can do about two hours and you were like, I know, an hour's grand. But I, <laughs> I, I think did, it, I did say that. He said to us, it'll be two hours. And the first thing I thought was, oh my God, two hours walking around Cologne, listening to this. But I think it ended up being around two hours. It was two and, and, and a half hours. Two and a half and yeah. it was brilliant. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed yeah. every minute of it. After that, then, we walked along by the river down towards the cable car. And I really enjoyed walking along by the river because there was all these different little stalls and stands. You could buy a beer, a crepe uh, that we won't talk about. You could buy jams, cheeses, burgers. Fish that looked like... There was like salmon. Yeah. And it was being grilled on this big flame. That was very that was impressive. Really cool. And there was people... I was watching, they were buying it in these like baps. Yeah. They were like having uh, grilled salmon baps. And I wouldn't be big into that, but no. they did look amazing. Yeah. And it was like a Christmas market vibe, wasn't it? But it was and during it was, the day. It was so long as well. There were so many different things. There was the cocktails. There was a huge amount of stuff. And so many people just out casually, families, couples, friends. It was lovely. It was such a cool vibe. A cool vibe, We were just yeah. saying it would be a really good thing to do on a Saturday. To know you could just go into town, wander around, mingle with people. And then head home. One of the mo- one of the most questions we were asked was, uh, "Was it safe out there, or did we feel safe?" And I have to say, I didn't feel nervous once. No, it not did. At all. It did feel very safe. We walked through the city at half two the night we arrived with our luggage. With our luggage, no bother. We didn't see anyone. That's not to say that it's not safe. Oh, you have course. to have cop on, yeah. like, yeah. and I'm sure. You know, if you were, uh, you would feel intimidated walking along on your own. I'm sure yeah. at different points, but we didn't. We didn't see yeah, anything. the parts we were in were safe. That was our experience. I suppose that's all we can say is yeah. how we felt. Yeah. 
plenty of taxis, plenty of police around as well, plenty of, uh, and everywhere is, it's so handy to get around. Everywhere yeah. is 10 or 15 minutes walk. So we went, uh, we walked along by the, the river to the cable car. And the closer we were getting to the cable car, the more I was getting nervous. Now I was, how did you feel walking to that? Because I, I had done the big wheel and I was fine with that. But the closer I was getting to the cable car, I was thinking, I really don't want to do this. I wasn't as bad. Were I was not? kind of more rational than the previous day. Yeah. Until we got into it. And then we were in the queue. So we were in the queue at 22 6. And there was probably 50 people ahead of us. And there's a big sign on the door saying closes at quarter to six. And I was, I'm not messing. I was hoping the doors would close. <laughs> we were in the queue and I was here going, please close. Please close. And we just say we missed it. We didn't get here in time. But the doors didn't close. And we got in. And we got on the cable car. And it wasn't until afterwards I realised that I sat in the wrong seat. Everyone was messaging me going, you don't sit in the cable car with your back to it. You sit facing out. So you, you sat on the left facing out. Yeah. I sat on the right facing you. Yeah. And we took off out the door. So my motion, I was going against the motion. Okay. Which is why I freaked out for but a second the or two. there, so... I could have sat beside you. Yeah. And went in the direction of the cable car. But I Okay, I, that would yeah, cuz that jolt. That jolt. That first one. It took me a few minutes to get over that. And then when you were coming close to the pylons as well, that was that was freaking me out. When you go in through the pylon, the the gradient changes. So it kind of you go up into it and then it flattens you out. So there's a little shake and there's a little wobble that goes ching. And you get a little land with that. And like that, I didn't relax until we were on the way back. But it's yeah. uh, completely safe. Exactly. Yeah, it's pure irrational, but it's it's not our thing. Yeah. But we did it, you know, to experience it, to see it. It is like what did it take? About six or ten minutes? Was oh, it six minutes of crossing? I think so. that must have been yeah. it. Yeah, six minutes over and six minutes back, and you don't have to get out the other side. Now you can get out over the other side and, and wander around over there. And I saw a swimming pool over there and a few other bits and pieces. When we got to the other side, he just goes to, are you getting out? And we said, no. And it, you just keep going and then you head back to the other side. So that's, it's a good experience in that way that you're not wasting any time waiting and queuing up to get back. You can just keep her lit. And I enjoyed the spin back. And I would like to do it again now. Yes. Now that I've experienced it. But it just takes that few minutes, doesn't it? And then I must have dropped my ticket in there. I was holding a lot of the information that we needed so i must have dropped my ticket somewhere didn't realize and when we were trying to get out your one wasn't letting me out because you had to scan your ticket to get out and then i was trying to say oh i just came off it and she's like well where's your ticket and then she goes oh irish journalist okay and let me out <laughs> and i was like grand we'll, we'll go with that but yeah i had forgotten so don't lose your ticket or you'll never get out of the <laughs> cable car station i could be there yet yeah and those lovely views you just do you just cross the river hmm. six minutes over six minutes back you get some lovely photos and in hindsight now, it was a good experience. It would have been lovely if we got the opportunity to do the a boat up and down the river. Because that's such an integral part of the city. What it is, how it's been built up. But unfortunately, apparently the water was too low. Some of the boat tours, some of the day-to-day -day boat tours weren't running because the water was so low. But some of the party boats were still going. Yes. And <laughs> I tell you one thing. You want all your faculties going on them because... One of them pulled up one evening and we saw lads getting off that. And the there ambulance were, waiting for them. There was ambulances, there was women crying, there was fellas being dragged up the ramp. Wow. Yeah. They had a good time. That's all I'm going to say. They had a very, very good time. 
and lots of hens and stags and fellas dressed up. So if uh, you're looking for a hen or a stag idea, there's party boats there going up and down. And then there was other party boats that were actually... that was There was something unique about that one. Yes. That one was wild. That. Yes. There was one party boat there and that was... It looked corporate. Bananas. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. The next one we saw looked a bit more corporate where there was a nice vibe on the roof. People yeah. were dressed up. They were all having cocktails. So I think you might have to be a bit selective with the party boats. Yeah. There's probably like the, I was going to say, I was going to name a nightclub there, but I won't. <laughs> but everyone knows that one nightclub that has that vibe in it. And then there's the other nightclub where you kind of go to that little, little bit older crowd. So there's probably a bit of that with the party boats. Uh, we didn't get to do that, but um, that was, uh, they're there anyway, if you want to do them. Finally, last thing then on our trip, we went to the Cologne Museum which is not a museum about the city Cologne. It's a museum about the smell. Because you wouldn't let me go to a museum. The Van Gogh exhibition, and you were like, no, hey, not going there. You could have went in all you want. I just said I wasn't going in. Yeah, whatever. Van um, Gogh. <laughs> it's Van Gogh. The, the aftershave <laughs> Eau de Cologne, Cologne place was class. That was really interesting. That was all. It, the only place that we had to wear a mask. Yeah, and on the plane on the way out. Oh, sorry, yeah. Even though there, was, there wasn't a sign of a mask uh, over and back to Portugal last week. Nothing. And then when I tried, so we had to get masks. So then I went to buy a mask and she said, there's a shop around the corner that has them. So we went up, said to your man, do you have any masks? Nope. And then there's a big shelf full of masks. And then I uh, so picked one up, tried to buy it. How much is it? Five euro. Gave my card. Oh no, it's more with a card. <laughs> so he was, he was go crack. Yeah. But we went in, this guy dressed in full like 1709 rig out. Yeah. And he was kind of telling the story of this Eau de Cologne from the perspective of the original guy that came in 1709. He's an Italian perfume maker. His name was John Maria Farina from 1685 to 1766. So we were brought into his sitting room. And his sitting room is where all the hobnobs would have came to buy their clones back then, uh, sometime between 1685 and 1766. And he'd say they would travel for miles, they'd come to his house, and they'd get to smell the different clones, and then they'd have dinner, and they'd stay the night before heading back. And they'd buy a bottle of perfume that would be somewhere between two and 5,000 euros per bottle. And some of them would use one bottle a day. Napoleon. Used to use a bottle a day. A bottle of day. So so one of the interesting things they were telling us was that people were afraid of the water back then. They thought it was infected or dirty. So often they wouldn't shower. They'd only wash every few months. Okay. So then they were, this is the reason that they were using the cologne, was to cover themselves. And he said that there was often times that there'd be events on and everyone is covered fully in a bottle of cologne. So people would be passing out. So if you went in to these to a small room, really warm, and everyone is dosed with a full bottle of cologne. I suppose the only equivalent we have now is like a teenage disco with l- cans of Lynx sprayed all over <laughs> that. That's what it would be like. So people were just dousing themselves in this perfume. But they were way ahead of themselves. So everyone else was kind of trying to copy them, but they had no consistency. Yeah. Whereas these guys were able to produce the cologne, they'd make a batch, and it should be the same every year. Whereas someone else, they'd get a good crop with the different ingredients in it. Yeah. Which we were so good at identifying. So we went down to the room, 
And your man was giving us these... Back down into the cellar again. Yeah. There's probably more clone underground than overground. Exactly. Yeah. Great town for that. <laughs> and your man was giving us these scented sticks. Just see if we could guess it. Yeah. Were useless. I was going, roses. And he'd go, no, no, no. That's, uh, they're lemons. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> next bergamot. Next scent. For everything else. Yeah. Because okay. bergamot is the is the is one of the key botanicals in my gin so i was excited to to smell that and get a real whiff of that and it's one of his key fragrances as well but this guy john marie maria farina he said he settled down in clone he was an italian lad and he settled down in clone over 300 years ago and he created the first modern perfume and he named it clone to honor the town and then he said oh de clone is water of cologne yeah and then he said that it traveled all over the world it was world famous and then people started making counterfeit cologne. And back then, oh, yeah. 250 years ago, they had 59 private investigators traveling the world trying to find people who were making fake eau de cologne. Isn't that incredible? 250 Actually, years ago. Yeah. And here we are buying our fake Michael Kors handbags now and not a <laughs> private investigator to be seen. But... Actually, uh, just they gave us a beautiful book afterwards. Um, Napoleon had an extra compartment in his boots that he'd have the cologne in that he'd carry around with him when he was, whenever he was walking around battlegrounds or in the in his principalities, he'd have the cologne stuck in the back of his boot. Really? Yeah. But them copycats are still going as well. Um, he has a statue on the cathedral. Yes. One of the, if you look at one of the corners. On the, on the town hall. Not in the cathedral, on the town hall. Oh, it's on the town hall. I thought it was on the cathedral. And it's a lot better than the books beside him. Yeah. It's, um, That's impressive. But that just shows you the influence that this Italian lad had coming over here. And when you go down into the downstairs of this shop, you're brought back 300 years. His desk is there. It's literally his desk that he worked on. And you're not allowed to take photographs of it. <coughs> so check out Alan's Instagram later. <laughs> In my defense, I'm trying to sell it for them. I'm trying to get customers into the place. So if they have a problem with that, they can talk to Ireland West Airport solicitors. I'm sure they have one. In my defense. Look, look at lads. Allegedly. Lads, do you want customers or not in there? <laughs> this is it. This is what it I'm is saying. incredible. Like I in can't that. sell the place without a cheeky snap at the desk. That's all I'm saying. And we have to send this podcast to Monica as well, the owner. So Monica, if you're listening, I'm sorry that I took a picture downstairs. And thanks for the book. It was lovely. Thank you for the book. And thank you for the, for the uh, little bottle of cologne. But you're about to get so many visitors from the <laughs> west of Ireland. It's going to be insane. It'll be worth it. Yeah, totally worth it. I'll delete the photo. Thanks. You loved that. It was... A, it, oh, no, it was interesting. Do, do you know what was in... It, when he came out, we were sitting in his living room upstairs, yep. and he came out fully dressed with the wig on. The reason he was wearing the wig is because back then there was a lice pandemic as yes. well. So they'd shave their head, and then the rich people would buy these wigs. Yeah. And that's how you could... And the better the wig, the richer you were. Yeah, so as. when he walked into the sitting room, it took me a minute or two to realise what was going on. Did you? Kind of. He never broke from character once <laughs> apart from checking the covid heater thing or oh the, yeah the, the air the air con thing <laughs> um he walked into the sitting room and he said hello you know i'm john and i'm from italy and i came over here and i'm doing this and i'm doing that yes everything else was brilliant and he he spoke as if it was like whatever year 1700 and not once 
did he break from that character? And it was like, and I thought that was very impressive because for a minute or two, I, I was watching him going, what's going on here? Is he pretending to be, you know? And that was, I suppose, my ignorance that I didn't know what was going to be happening. Yeah, but also, so it's a little corner shop. And we were brought upstairs. We're, there was about 12 people there. Yeah. You're all on seats. He does this bit. It's very interesting. But then he brings you into the next room. And it opens up into this. There's so many different elements to it. But even the way, like when you think about making a consistent product that long ago, the technology they had to get to extract the scent from these things, make them consistent. He was obviously experimenting hugely with all this kind of stuff. It was incredible. We've been asked a lot of questions over the last few weeks on Cologne. One of the main questions is, do you recommend it for families and young kids? And I would say, yes, there was lots of families out there, lots of young kids. And even we were asked that question out there and someone replied with more activities to do with young kids. And I think it's in our highlight on the Cologne highlight on Instagram. So it seems to be a great place for families and kids. Is it more suited for adults? I'd say no, it's it's it was a we're two adults we went out and had a great time loads of kids were out there loads of families they seemed to be enjoying it what I liked about it is that it was flat everything was flat there was no big hills or anything like that now a lot of cobblestones as well so if you had a young young child in a pram there might be an issue there on some of the some of the cobblestones um, but apart from that, no, I, I would I would recommend it. Yeah, it ticked an awful lot of boxes for me. There's so much, like we barely scraped the surp- th- surface of what's mm. there. There's so much to see. Like it's a city of 1.1 million. Like, you know, we were only there for three days. There's so many museums we didn't get to see, so many different areas of the city even. Cologne, we're playing a soccer match the next day. You know, this, yeah, I yeah. definitely, I it's somewhere I'll definitely be going again. The walking tour as well, I noticed that it had a big massive wheelchair and a tick beside it, so they were obviously advertising that it was wheelchair friendly. And everywhere you went, they spoke English. They were very good like that, even the lads on the hop-on, hop-off train, or bus. Yeah. They were having a conversation in German and kind of brought us into it in English as well. Like, they were really They sound. said something to you, like, wait for your receipt, we're, typi- we're, such, we're such typical Germans yeah. or something, you said like that. <laughs> yeah, they were slagging themselves. A lot of people asked, you know that question do they speak English and are they any crack everyone was good crack everyone was really friendly other questions was it easy to get into the city yes very easy train downstairs hop onto the train uh, you're going to clone HBF and you're off that train was 15 minutes uh, yeah not even 15 yeah. minutes yeah. and you're in the centre of clone we stayed then 10 minute walk from the cathedral and everywhere we needed to go was a 10 or 15 minute walk and it was so funny the area behind our hotel which you couldn't hear a bit of yeah. In the hotel was this brilliant like night strip yeah. with all these Brit- Irish pubs, really cool cocktail places. It was this buzzing area, which was literally behind our hotel. We only found it on the third night and it was yeah. class. What was the highlight of the trip for you? I have to say the time ride was incredible. It was just, it blew me away. The architecture was beautiful. The whole atmosphere, the whole vibe of it. But honestly, that time uh, ride thing is, blew my mind. What was the low light of the trip for you? That it was only three days, Alan. I'd love to spend longer with you. Come on, give us a real one. No, I wasn't uh, blown away by the chocolate museum. Were you not? No. I don't know why. I don't know what I was expecting. um, But I just thought, meh. Really? Yeah. That's mad now. Mm. I find that hard to believe now. I thought you would have really enjoyed that. Um, Yeah, the highlight for me was... And I'm not making this up, and I didn't know that this was my highlight until yesterday evening. The highlight of the trip for me 
Do you know what I'm going to say? Yep. What? Knock airport. Absolutely. <laughs> I flew into Dublin last night thinking, oh my God, I never want to fly from here again. But before that, the highlight for me was definitely the time ride as well. But even going out that Thursday, there was a bit of a delay. And it was still a good crack. We were able to pot around the shop and, the, you know, on the bar and chat to people and stuff. It didn't feel like a, a delay because it was just, it's knock, it's grand. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that. The low light for me was when we were coming in through the passport control. Hmm. Because our flight was delayed, we seemed to land with a million other flights at the same time. And we were stuck at the passport control for probably, oh. was it half an hour? Oh, min- minimum. Yeah. yeah. Even on the way out now, wasn't too much fun either. I don't remember that. How we were nearly late getting for our flight. <gasps> oh, hey, but that was completely our fault. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, whatever happened on the way in, there was some sort of hassle and we were just unlucky. But on the way out, oh, sure, we booked the airport lounge living like lords. Notions. We, I know, come on now. We worked pretty hard for two no. or three days yeah. and we said, we'll treat ourselves to the airport lounge. It was 39 euros each. We said, we'll go in here, we'll eat like lords, we'll chill out in the armchairs and we'll just relax. And then 10 minutes to the gate, we said, right, we'll head down to the gate. But there's another passport control on the way to the gate and 50 or 60 people waiting in front of us. Then there was this Australian girl and she was telling them, like, we could hear this happening. Uh, her brother was, her boyfriend was in the army or something. They were quizzing she her. She had COVID last year. She was supposed to fly out the week before and that's why she overstayed her visa. And the whole thing came to a standstill. And those two Irish women ahead of us and they were looking at us and we were looking at them. And then another 10 minutes had passed and our gate was closed. Technically, our gate was closed 10 yep. or 15 minutes at this, sta- this stage. We were getting notifications on the app saying, go to your gate, go to your gate. And they said, are you going to knock? And we said, yeah, are you going to knock? And they said, yeah. And I said, we're here. We were Googling flights to yeah. Dublin that evening and there were 380 euro each. Yep. I think our flight to Cologne was something like 30. I think it was 67 return. I'm only talking about the... Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think, so yeah. And 380 euro went to Dublin that evening. 384. And our car five. was at knock. Yeah. <laughs> we would have had to get into knock airport at, at God only knows what time that night. So we were panicking like hell. But a lovely Indian man in front of the two Irish ladies said, are you going to miss your flight? And they said, yeah. And he said, oh, go on, go on. But he was giving us permission to jump the queue ahead of 30 people. And only for he went, go on, go on. And other people were looking, what's going on? What's going on? The two women took off. I said, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I stuck to the two women. And it looked like we were uh, two A couples. Group, yeah. yeah. And fair play to everyone. They led us up the top of the queue. But then... We met it on time because there was a delay boarding our you, you went sprinting on. You said, I'll hold them. And you went flying <laughs> by. And some lad, here, where are you going? Relax. <laughs> you burst past our queue altogether. I was running so fast that I went past our queue. And this, other, this Irish lad spotted me and he goes, here, will you stop? Slow down. <laughs> this is our flight here, will you? I was sure that it was like a home alone moment. Oh, We'd be standing crying, waving at the plane. But as we were saying, could you imagine? Ireland West Airport has sent us out here on this trip <laughs> and two flutes coming back into Dublin airport with our tails between our legs. Do you know what I was doing? We had sh- we were sharing videos of us eating scrambled eggs in the airport lounge. And all that was in my mind was, aren't we going to look like two fucking idiots <laughs> flying into Dublin, missing our flight after sitting in the airport lounge eating scrambled eggs all morning? And I was thinking to myself, 
I better delete that video. <laughs> yeah. I better delete the video of us eating the eggs in the lounge because we look like two absolute eejits. So that was definitely the, the highlight for me. But uh, as I said, I went out to Portugal for four days and I had to go on very specific times because I was coming in. We had to get it back on very specific times because I went out with Stuart and he was he had a gig and stuff like that. So we went out from Dublin. I booked it at half eight last Sunday evening and we left Castlebar and went to the airport at half two in the morning. And it was all grand and dandy going up. We got there at six o'clock in the morning. And I have to say, there was loads of staff around. It was half six in the morning. So I don't know, is that, that's obviously a quiet time. Uh, but we got in through security, no problem. There was no hassle. But once we got into the airport, there was queues for everything. There was queues for sandwiches, queues for coffee, queues for sunglasses, queues for everything. Um, so we just went down to the gate. And then coming back last night, oh, just getting into the car. We got into the car. At five o'clock on a Friday evening, coming out of Dublin. <laughs> the dream. Do I have to say anymore? No, no, Pence. A picture now. Jesus. And I was like an antichrist coming down the N50. And I said to myself, never again. Like when you think Monsignor Horan came up with this idea, do you know what? We'll put an airport in this bog <laughs> here. And they're like, are you well? And now... People from all over the west of Ireland can connect with, was it, 19 destinations? Yeah. Like, if someone told him now that it's a hub, that so many people from around Europe, because there was a lot of Germans coming to uh, Mayo. There was a lot. There was a lot, yeah. Can you imagine him being told now that there's hundreds of thousands of people coming into Mayo now because of what you did? He'd be like, that's incredible. And could you imagine him being told? There's two flutes that are going to fly around Europe <laughs> and putting up Instagram pictures wherever they, wherever they go. I know, fuck it, we leave it. No, it, it, it's an incredible thing. Like, we, we, I met, know, we met a, ca- a couple from Castlebar as well. They were going out to visit their daughter who was working in Germany. And they were just absolutely delighted that they could hop on a flight in Knock and go out and visit their daughter for the weekend. They were so happy. They were buzzing, them, them people. Oh yeah, no. It and the amount of people that have been, though, like the gentleman we were sitting beside, he goes over there on a regular basis. It's such a handy thing when you think about it. And now we're in fifty minutes. Like that's roughly what it takes me to get from Knocknacarra to Bunny Conlon for a match. Really? Yeah. Wow. From my house, so it's the same going to Cologne from Knock as it is from my house to home. And I was reading other statistics. People take the train from London, don't they, over to Cologne? Yeah, that's just over four hours, like Paris to Cologne. Three hours, 20 minutes. Like, it is... Knocked, clone, one hour, 50. Yeah. <laughs> For everything else, you have MasterCard. But yeah, I I suppose I just never thought of Cologne as a city, and that's kind of the whole point of them sending the likes of us over there so people can see it. Like, when I came home, I've said it to people in Goa City Council, they need to be getting tourists from around Europe to Galway to show it off. Or, sorry, influencers from around Europe to show Galway as a city. Because I've had a lot of people contact me uh, that have booked it already and that are going. I'd love to get somebody like Galway County Council and the planners to go out to Clone for a week or two. They'd learn an awful lot. Oh, my God. And I not putting Galway down or anything, but Cologne is a city Galway wants to be. Cycle infrastructure. <laughs> Um, museums, arts, culture, sightseeing, electric scooters. It's just there's so much bicycles to taxis, be impressed by. Buses, trains, yeah, everything. Every but that airport or the train station, in the airport. And I like lo- you say, the 19 destinations from Knock, you can go skiing. Yeah. If you want to go on a ski holiday, you could go skiing in Italy. If you want to go to Sun, you can go to Portugal. 
matches, Liverpool, Birmingham, football Manchester. matches. I know a fella that's living in uh, London and comes home every weekend. Praying, Medjugorje. Yeah, if you're into your praying. There is everything. So that's it. That's it now. Uh, we can say no more. That was our trip to Cologne. Which was your favourite trip? Milan or Cologne? Cologne all day long. I agree. And all I day long. Didn't think that would be the case. And that's somebody, I'm interested, yeah. that's interesting because you loved Milan. Oh, absolutely loved it. And like I was texting Liz the first morning, I I just, I suppose I was tired. It was, it was really warm and stuff. And I was just like, I don't think this is going to be a challenge getting through this trip. Oh my God, I was blown away. It is such, I'm 100% going back there. What? Hang on now. You text Liz saying, I think it's going to be a challenge getting through this trip. Yeah, I just didn't think I was going to enjoy it. With me? Nothing to do with you. You were a bundle of joy. In fairness now, credit where it's due. Oh, let's not go there now. Credit where, No, I'm going to say this now <laughs> to all the listeners here. That the devil works hard, but Alan Clark works harder. I have never seen someone with a work ethic like you. You were relentless on your social and Ireland West social. Your content is phenomenal. I think, you know, I tip away and I try my best... Your, like the work that you put in and the quality of it, oh. it's a, a credit to you. Was I pain in the arse? No, not for one second. Uh, you'd have to say that anyway. No, but genuinely, it's such, no, <laughs> we didn't fall out once. We didn't have no. one crossword over there um, or any trip we've had. No. It was, but like, Jesus, you're good. But, oh, well, thanks very much. I appreciate no, that. No, no. It's hard to take compliments, you know. Yeah. But people were messaging me saying I was like donkey from Shrek, <laughs> that I wouldn't leave you alone. <laughs> Oh, and we I, was, were, I was banging on your door. Right, let's go. We're going. Come on. Yeah, that was good. But like the crack was good. Like, uh, geez, I just love these. I really look forward to them. Uh, the trips like that. But it, yeah, you were up for the crack. It hit me like a ton of bricks on Monday. Oh, that was hard going. I no, was minus crack on the Monday. Can I just tell you that now? Oh, I was you didn't see that on as Inst- soon as we came home. You didn't see that on Instagram. But if anyone came in contact with me on the Monday... <laughs> I wasn't like Donkey from Shrek. I was like Shrek. I was like Shrek on the Monday. I know. Like, we're honestly, we're the two luckiest fellas to be able to go on these kind of trips. And that was such a great experience. 10 out of 10 for Cologne for me. Yeah, me too. Oh, 10 out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't fault it. I couldn't fault it. And a lot of people said to me, um, the food is shite out there. I didn't find that at all. No, but you have all the, your Burger Kings, your McDonald's, whatever. But like... Five th- guys. That, what was it, the Texas the steak place we went to? Uh, Angus, there. XL. Yeah, there's all these lovely places along the Rhine. Like you can try the traditional stuff. It's not for everyone, but you're not going to go hungry over there. We didn't have a bad meal out there. No. I, I had some amount of crap meals in Portugal. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I did, yeah. We had some horror stories over there. Horror stories. But that's just because we didn't research it and we were just going into the first place we saw. But you have to do a bit of research and you have to check your reviews. But what's interesting about Cologne is when we said we were going, a lot of people were saying, oh, the food's crap out there. But we did not have one bag meal. We the spoke breakfasts were fantastic in the morning. Yeah, we spoke to other people on the plane. They said they had lovely meals. So I completely uh, disregard that. Yeah, same. Not just saying that. Uh, well, so what's happening over the next few weeks for you? Well, I'm on holidays for two weeks now. Oh, because you worked in the office on Wednesday? Yes. Needs, oh, poor thing. Two weeks off. And then you had the Galway races before that, and you had to wear five different outfits, five different days. Yes. Oh. It's not been an easy summer. No, you poor old thingy. So yeah. where are you heading to? Lanzarote. Where are you flying from? Unfortunately. Don't don't go there. Don't say it. I know, right? You can't. 
<laughs> Are you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we can't. I'm going, edit, to, edit. I'm going to have to take this out. All right. Very good. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, booked by Liz. It wow. was at this moment we ended the podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, have you been there before? Yes. We're going back to the same place we were the last time to uh, an apartment very close um, to where we were the last time. So Lanzarote is class. Just the end of the season. I'm wrecked. I'm worn out. It's a lot of football, although I'm missing another match, a big match. But what can you do? There's matches yeah. every week. So it's been a long summer and I'm looking forward to recharging the batteries. Um, an exciting weekend when I come back. Two weeks? Yes. 12 days. It's oh, a long time. Ah, sure. You need the, chain, the, need the break. Yeah. That'll t- I haven't. That'll test you now. I not at all. We that'll had a great holiday you know. before. Oh, geez, two weeks now. I tell you one thing that'll make or break you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only messing. No, no, it's going to be fun. I know. I'm looking forward to chilling out by the pool. A lot of Champions League football on, so we'll be doing what we do every night. Going down for dinner, and then I'll say, "Oh, you sit there, Liz, in that nice table," and then I'll have the television right behind her head. And oh, I'll be able to don't for two be hours. that dickhead! <laughs> don't be that dickhead now. Come on, look. She's Can't used you get to the results now. after the after the meal? Wow. Wow What? No You have to watch the football live During the meal with Liz She gets to have a romantic dinner With her boyfriend I get to have a romantic dinner With the Champions League Or the Premier League And I'm the single one here Exactly This blows my mind This blows my mind (laughs) (laughs) Poor Liz Liz Call me (laughs) (laughs) Call me Liz. I'm not into cha- I'm not into the Champions League, <laughs> but I'm a bollocks when I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> An absolute oh, well, bollocks. There's two of us there. All right, listen. Enjoy the next few weeks. I'm looking forward to another season of the podcast with you. Whenever that happens, we have a lot of things happening over the next couple of weeks. Um, I have some exciting news in two weeks that I'm not going to talk about on the podcast because this these podcasts. Uh, don't age very well because there could be somebody listening to this in six weeks time and I've loads happening between now and Christmas but we will have another season of big news coming soon very soon thank you very much indeed to uh, Donal and all the team at Ireland West Airport and the Ryanair girls hey yes what superstars they are superstars brilliant they're They're very personable aren't they oh it's a great team there it's a great team. I know we're lucky to get the opportunity to meet them in the way we did, but they couldn't be sounder. We were on the plane, and I had a story up saying, I've no mask, and I was hiding. And one of the girls came out. Becky landed out to the plane with two masks. Walked onto the plane. We were on the, the seats over the wing and handed us two masks. Come on now. Now, that is some service. Where would you get it? You wouldn't bait it with a big stick. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Ireland West Airport. And once again, thanks to Port West for sponsoring season two of Big News coming soon. Keep an eye on our Instagram for more at Alan Clark Official and Kiernamali81. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Big News Coming Soon podcast is proudly sponsored by BRB Homes. BRB Homes is Ireland's number one award-winning manufacturer of factory-built homes. We take your home from start to finish. Our homes are A-rated and meet planning regulations. We build to your requirements and your budget. The cost includes your home being turnkey and our chartered engineer's fees. Please get in touch reviewing of our show homes, a brochure, or for more information. Let BRB Homes take the stress out of your build. Check out brbhomes.ie.